Welcome to episode number 119 of the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Jason Hamilton, who's an athlete who joined me over in Thailand for a Hell Week camp last year. And on day two of Hell Week camp, everyone sits down and sets their goals for the next six to 12 months, whatever sport, whatever event they're doing. And two of Jason's goals were, number one, qualify for the world champs, which are coming up in September on the Gold Coast. And number two was to swim under 22 minutes 30 for his Olympic distance triathlon, which is a 1500 meter swim. And he achieved both of those goals recently. So he's qualified for the world champs and he swam just under 22 minutes uh, for, for the 1500 meter swim. So he achieved both of those goals. So I wanted to get him on the podcast to share what he's done in the past sort of six to nine months to help get him down there. A lot of it comes down to putting in the hard work, getting in the pool on a regular basis. Uh, and there's also a number of other things that he, he mentions there. Now, one person who he didn't mention on the podcast, but he wanted me to make sure that I um, mentioned in the intro was Giorgio Romano, who uh, runs the Masters Swim Squad up in Darwin, known as the Darwin Stingers Masters Club. So I wanted to give him credit as well for helping him uh, in his training and setting his programs. So let's jump into the podcast. Here's Jason Hamilton sharing how he was able to achieve both of those goals in the space of nine months and what he did uh, to, to bridge the gap from where he was, which was around a 25 minute, 1500 meter swim. To, uh, to get down to just under 22 minutes. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to episode number 119 of the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Jason Hamilton, who is a triathlete or an athlete who uh, came to Hell Week Camp in 2017 and set himself some goals that he wanted to achieve in 2018 and, uh, and basically hit those goals and is on track to, um, to have a really good 2018 season. So, Jace, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, uh, you came along to Hell Week in, uh, in Thailand last year and um, you had the two goals of qualifying for world champs in the Olympic distance try and going to 22-30 swim. Um, within a, an Olympic distance race. So where were you at the time, uh, I guess in October, um, when we first met? Where were you in terms of um, on track for that? What was your swim time? Um, what was the situation there? So when I came to Thailand in October, I was sitting around in a 25-minute, 1,500. So that was uh, a minute 40 per 100. Um, prior to that, I had sort of really only been actively swimming for about nine months prior to that um, and before that not at all just purely focusing on on the running scene and your background is long distance running you've uh, have you done one ultra or you've done more than that I've just yeah a background is it's quite a short history in, in this type of sport actually so beginning of 20. Uh, 2016 is when I first started um, running. Uh, that was my first sport I went into. And in that time, I've done a couple marathons and, and one ultra marathon uh, up to 96 kilometres, that one was. Wow. So so you haven't got a huge background in, uh, I guess, endurance sports. So it's all fairly uh, fairly new to you. And um, since since October, you well, you pretty much hit your, your qualifying for uh, for world champs and the and the time, do you want to talk a little bit about um, sort of what you what you got with the the qualification and also the swim time, what it's down to? 
So in terms of qualification, it required me to have to participate in, they say, at least a minimum of, of three qualifying events. At the beginning of July each year, they set out which specific Olympic distance races will be qualifying races where you can accumulate points for it. And I had targeted three races interstate um, to achieve that and had a couple extra up my sleeve in case I was going to fall short. Um, this year, the World Championships are in, in Australia. And given that triathlons are a self-funded sport at, at the age group level, generally speaking, the competition becomes quite fierce to secure a place on the Australian team in, in the lead up to a local World Championship. So I've, given I was fairly fresh into the sport, I thought I'd really have to um, you know, have as many cards up my sleeve as possible to, to give myself a chance of of making the team. So I went and uh, participated in three and I was watching the final points sort of come together and there are only two races um, available left on the calendar that I could have a crack at and it was looking like I was going to fall short, miss miss out on the top 25 places, which were the minimum uh, maximum number of, of people per age group they would take um, by only uh, a few points. So I threw my hat in the ring and, and took off to St Kilda at short notice and um, was lucky enough to place uh, seventh on the day in my age group. Uh, sent my fastest fastest swim time, my fastest overall time on the Olympic distance and lock away that, that place for the World Championships. So that final swim time ended up being just, just, under, 20, just under 22 minutes uh, on the day. That's awesome. And what what do you feel has got you from around twenty five minutes to to twenty two? What's made the difference for you? I'd say it's a combination of two things: not having any swimming background at all, uh, having that time in the water um, is really a big factor. Mm. Um, speaking to a lot of people early in the piece, they were talking anything upwards of of three times a week, up to even five times a week. You want to be in the water. And even if that's not um, going out and, and doing big long sets or doing a lot of very hard um, repeat sessions, it's just a case of being in the water, getting a feel and getting the rhythm. And then the second part of that is, is having a coach, you know, and a coach from the point of view of being able to understand who you are, where you're coming from and putting some structure around helping you achieve those goals. Because as with anything, you know, if you set those goals yourself, um, the you know life um, sickness injury that sort of thing will you know can get in the way of it so it's good to have somebody else standing by your side and and you know keeping you honest in, in the same breath as well um, when you're chasing these goals. And that's uh, that's Nathan Shearer. That yeah, with? Nathan Shearer. Yeah, and he's uh, I mean he won he actually he won uh, what do you win Ironman Taupo the same year that I raced we're in the same age group. Uh, and he, he's yeah. turned pro now as a, as a triathlete, um, very good yeah. triathlete and um, by all reports, a, a really good coach as well and uh, a gun runner at that too. I think he went, was it a 250 for the marathon in uh, at the back end of his last Ironman event, which is, uh, which is a really quick time. And um, so having that sort of uh, that accountability, what's... Uh, What's the what's it look like for you when you guys chat? You're talking on the phone. Is it just through training peaks? Uh, what's it? How does that accountability uh, look to you? 
So the benefit of, you know, putting our training plans through training peaks, it gives him clear line of sight in what I'm going, what I'm doing week in, week out. And it allows me to also set in place, um, you know, some upcoming races locally that are on the calendar here in, in Darwin. So it's, it's very, um, current, you know, I suppose between the two of us. And then as he sets out each of the weekly plans and schedules, he'll factor in those goals and I'll put down whether whether or not, you know, this is one race I really want to do or this is an optional one if you think it'll add value to, to where we're going, what we're doing. Early in the piece, it was just about um, getting an understanding of where he's coming from when he um, sets up specific uh um, training sessions, what he'd like to see out of it, what things I need to be aware of or conscious of, particularly on the back of, you know, being new to the sport and new to doing back, you know, back-to-back training sessions, you know, day after day on across three disciplines. But that's sort of, you know, translate uh, transferred now six months or it's almost nine months down the track now into each of the weekly goals being set out, I'll see the program, I'll know specifically what he's wanting to do. And only if I'm needing a little bit of clarification, I'll touch base with him throughout the course of the week. Um, but if it's coming up to a fairly major event and I just, you know, need that um, that second opinion or just need somebody to sound something out, you know, he's, he's there at, at, to be able to pick up the phone and have a chat to or, you know, have a Skype with, um, you know, whatever's, whatever's available at the time. Awesome. And uh, now in the last, I guess, nine, or nine, 12 months, since you've been able to get a bit more swimming under your belt and coming from not much of a, a background, do you think about your swimming differently in terms of you get to the pool? Are you are you more confident with your, your swimming? Do you enjoy it more? Has anything changed there? I think the enjoyment piece around the swimming came fairly early in, in the piece because I saw some very quick improvements there and, you know, starting out from not having any swimming background and racing locally uh, here in Darwin, um, I saw myself progress past a lot of the other triathletes who had been doing the sport a lot longer than me. So that, that enjoyment came with that, conf- you know, fed into that confidence that, you know, possibly I've got something here that to, um, to take a bit, bit further and, and, where it was initially going to those swimming sessions, it was more of a case of, you know, I had a little bit of a fear of, of water, particularly open water swimming, and it's a case of, you know, I'm doing this for myself to become a better, you know, swimmer to, to begin with. Um, and so I'd go into the swimming sessions going, okay, I'm doing this to survive this time and, you know, eventually it's going to make me better. But as, you know, I've um, spent more time in the water, been exposed to a lot more uh, swimmers and triathletes, um, that's transferred into me, you know, really looking forward to each of each of the sessions um, and, you know, going into each session with a specific goal or a purpose in mind saying oh, last week, uh, you know, that 135 was was pretty comfortable. Let's see if we can just sharpen it up a little bit further. Um, that being said, you know, you have good days, bad days. You're going in and out from one training session to the next across the three disciplines. So um, you do have those waves, but I find that, Having that that structure really does help me to keep the focus and and you know keep the enjoyment there as well. Yeah, that that's uh, one of the key things is those. I think those little improvements can really keep the motivation high, and it doesn't need to be much at all. It's like oh great, I was one second, two seconds quicker 
here than I was four weeks ago, eight weeks ago. And, uh, and just that steady improvement is, um, is what can really keep you, keep you hungry and keep you going. And um, you do, you're always going to go through those ups and downs, especially if you're training a lot like you are. If you're doing more than one session a day, you're doing multiple sports, it's, um, you're going to be tired at, some, at some, uh, some point during the week and you're going to have sessions where you feel like you've forgotten how to swim or you've forgotten how to, to run properly. But it's just knowing that that's normal and then just sucking it up and, and getting through that session and then hoping that the next one's going to uh, to feel better. And it's not a uh, it's not just a steady steady rise. It's, you're always going to have the uh, the ups and downs. And you've had a pretty uh, uh, I'd, I'd say almost sort of exponential um, rise in terms of your uh, your ability and your and your speed um, in triathlon and swimming. And it's um, and it's really really good to see. And, and having only done the sport for um, you know, sort of one, two years, it's not, um, it's, uh, it's really exciting to see what you can get to. Cause I think you're probably a quite a natural athlete and you, and you built well for, for triathlon. So, um, it's still very early days, which is, uh, which is exciting. So what, what's the next thing for, for you in the next six to 12 months? What are your, the goals that you've set out? Well, given how much I've travelled and competed in state this year, I'm sort of uh, drawing a line in the sand at, at least for this year um, in terms of where my goals are. And, you know, the major event on the calendar now, having qualified for the World Champs, is, is to, you know, do really well at that event. So, you know, I'm really focusing on that swim leg and, and that bike leg as my, my two weaker points um, compared to the competition um, over the next 10 weeks. Uh, but between now and then, quite lucky we're in uh, being based in Darwin. Our triathlon calendar is a fairly active um, active calendar. We're, we've got over 20, 22 events. I think we've got 23 on the calendar for next year. So you can race almost every second week. Um, we've also got the the swimming, um, uh, the local swimming series firing up, the road cycling series and, and road running series. So... Between now and then, I'm keeping myself quite active in, in racing those individual sports, um, you know, with the goal of racing against those purists, learning what I can from each of those individual events and helping me bring it together a lot better on the day of the World Championships. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's important. I think racing people who are specialists in each of those areas gives you um, it gives you an understanding of the level that you can get to in that sport, but also just uh, God, it helps with with putting that into triathlon. I, I had a uh, speaking to a guy last week who uh, who's been working working his butt off to to improve his swim for for Ironman, and uh, he was basically doing like he was doing up to forty k weeks, and he, and he's training for uh, for Ironman forty kilometer swim weeks uh, because that was his his weakness. So a huge amount of training in the in the pool. Um, and just start. He's, he probably needs a little bit of work with his open water skills. And I think uh, probably the, the best way to him for do, to do that in the off season is going to be entering just open water swims and getting used to swimming with the pack in the bunch and um, and just improving the, the skills that way. And uh, and you can do that on a regular basis if it's just if it's just a run race or just a swim race. So I think that's a really uh, really smart approach. And I didn't know they had such a big seat series up in. Darwin with uh, with that many triathlons across the uh, throughout the season that's that's huge I, I wouldn't have expected that yeah we're um, very lucky up here I mean 
contrary to what people think, it's yet yeah, it's quite warm and, you know, wet season comes through. It can be tough getting out there on the bike or even, you know, going out for a run and that. But um, the warmer weather gives us a luxury that um, the guys down the south don't is that we get to train during the winter months and it's absolutely bliss at the moment. And this is when we get to bring in our, our longer events. So back into July, we've got the um, long course championships, uh, the, national, uh, the Northern Territory titles for that. And a week after that, we've got an event called the Catherine Ultra Challenge, which is a six-leg multi-sport event um, totaling 100 kilometres in total. So that's um, a short, quick turnaround a week later after the long course, but um, got to make the most of it while they're there. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I was up in, uh, where was I, Cairns and Townsville the other weekend and uh, similar sort of climate climate to uh, to Darwin in terms of it's, the, you know, it's up the north end and uh, it was just it was twenty five degrees each day that I was there, and just beautiful mornings. There was it was a little fresh in the morning, but just you know just to uh, enough to wake you up. But uh, the climate during the the winter months up in Darwin, up in northern Queensland, is just so spectacular that uh, I can see why why people live there. I'd only been been there in the summer months where it was mid to high thirties, super humid, and was just dripping sweat from, from from stepping off the plane but um especially during these months it is it is amazing there and I, I can imagine it makes it very easy to to train oh it still definitely tests you but if you can get out there and and do a little bit and you know be consistent about it as well you, you definitely reap the um the benefits when you do head back home if you're coming up here for a short time or you know head down south to compete it's um yeah we're very lucky to be where we are yeah and i mean for those that uh uh, for the people who don't know the climate of Darwin, I mean, what sort of temperatures do you see in the, the wet season? Oh, wet season, the temperature per se doesn't, you know, get up crazy high. You're talking, you know, 32s, 33s, 34s, but it's more the humidity that, you know, has the biggest impact on you, particularly when you get out there and, and start moving, moving around. You know, like you said, you get off the plane and you can just feel the thickness in the air um, and you just start sweating straight away. So it's really just, you know, coping with that humidity, which will roll from 80 to 90%, you know, day in, day out. You'll, when you get into the peak of the, the build-up, you'll have a, a daily um, thunderstorm roll through, you know, maybe two sometimes. And in the back end of the, the wet season, you've got cyclones coming through or the possibility of cyclones coming through as well. So it keeps it interesting. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> and uh, and you're coming back to uh, to Hell Week this year. Um, I know you made some some good friends at Hell Week last year, which is uh, which is awesome. And you got to catch up with those guys at uh, at the Half Ironman in Cairns just recently. And um, yep. yeah, it'd be good to see you back there. You bring along a, a friend as uh, a friend as well, which will be um, great. And I'm looking forward to catching up with you there. So all the best for uh, for Worlds in the meantime. And um, looking forward Thank to seeing what you can uh, can do there because you're uh, just making improvement after improvement, which is awesome. So all the best and I appreciate you being on the podcast. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.